Uh, I think uh, I'm thankful that uh, God's word's true tonight, and uh, there's always something to learn from it. Even like even when you're looking through it for like the fifth, sixth time, there's something to learn from it even after that point. Because as I was going through this part, I kind of like like I noticed the thing that I noticed it something that really stood out to me when I was like doing last like the last minute of looking at it over again, and there's something that. I saw before, but it just like stood out to me in like clearer detail as I was going through uh, this passage. And uh, I just want to start out with reading it. And then Jesus went uh, thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth. Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Uh, Lord, just give me all the way tonight, Lord. Uh, Just help me to do it according to your way, Lord. And have it be your way. Just give me every word from you, Lord, that I need to say, just give your Holy Spirit as the guidance for me tonight, and Lord, just help me to follow your guidance, and just pray that you open up ears and help this to be applied, and just help something to be gained from it tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, So the first thing that uh, I want to mention is Jesus travels. Jesus He went out, so he would have been in, like, the Israel area. And then he went out of it, and he went, like, near, like, the... He didn't go into Tyre or Sidon, but he went, like, near the coast. So he was, like, kind of, like, on the edge area. And and these cities, back in Jesus' time, the Jews would have thought of these cities as very wicked and deserving of divine wrath. Uh, Jesus, uh, such as like chapters in like Isaiah 23, 1, and I mean, you know, like cha- verse, verse, uh, so like Isaiah 23, 1, for example, that uh, says, the burden of Tyre, how ye ships of Tarshish, for it is laid waste, so that there is no house, no entering in from the land of Chittim, it is revealed to them. So Isaiah 23, for example, would talk a lot about the judgment of what was going to come for the, for the city of Tyre. And Ezekiel 28, 21 for, uh, would talk about like the judgment coming towards like Sidon, which says, Son of man, set thy face against Sidon and prophesy against it. And that would have been the Lord talking to Ezekiel, telling him what he's supposed to do. So both of these cities were, Jews would have considered very wicked and evil cities. 
And, but yet there was still a Christian in that place. There was still someone, not really, not really a Christian, but someone that was seeking Jesus Christ, seeking him and coming to him and calling him Lord and the son of David. And, and the next thing is in Matthew 15, 22, and a woman, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. This first part. So Matthew right here labels, labels this woman as a, as a Canaanite. And the Canaanites would have been one of Israel's enemies that they would have took the promised land from back in Israel's earlier history. And, and the Canaanites would have been well-known for worshiping pagan gods and well-known for their wickedness. And, but yet there was still someone seeking Lord in spite of all that wickedness and all that darkness. There was someone seeking God. Because, and that's how I would say it kind of feels like today because we have a lot of wickedness in our world today. We're Christians aren't really in the majority in America no more. They're in the minority now. They're starting, those values are starting to be less valued, especially in this area. And it is, and sometimes even in that wickedness and all that darkness, there's still Christians, there's still believers, there's still Christians in that place. And I think it's something important to remember. Even like a place like Tyre or Sidon, there was still someone that believed in God. There was still a Gentile that believed in God, especially that would be another important detail. And though I want to note the woman's actions. She, uh, as verse 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She took her care, she took her burden, she took what she was dealing with to Jesus. And another thing is that I kind of want to note out is she had to come to Jesus. Jesus didn't come to her, but she came to him. Jesus might have went into the coast or might have got a little bit closer to the area, but she still had to come out and go see him. And then she also had to bring her plea to him. And just like today, we have a plea that we have. There's many things that burden us, and there's many prayers that we have that we have to go out ourselves and bring it to God. We have to go to him in prayer and bring it to him. And she, she first asked for mercy on her. And mercy would be, the definition of mercy would be kindness or compassion when it is someone's job to punish them. And she was asking for mercy from the Lord. And another thing that I want to note out is that she recognized him as the Messiah because she called him the son of David. So she recognized him as the Messiah and she also called him Lord. So she recognized him as, as God. And and then she, after recognizing, after asking for mercy and recognizing who Jesus Christ is, he, she will ask for, she asks, she tells about what's bugging her, that her daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And 
there's a lot of times that we have many burdens bugging us. And sometimes it may be uh, a lost loved one, broken marriages, about other people. It's sometimes our, our friends that are struggling with different things. And sometimes these things burden us. Just like how the, the woman wasn't concerned about what was burdening her, but she was concerned about the burden of her daughter. She was concerned about what was burdening someone else. And she brought it to the Lord. And I think sometimes we got to be just like her, where we got to have that burden and that desire that just pray for this person that has really been on our mind and on our heart. And I think sometimes, especially today, we like to think of ourselves first. We're in a self-care society that basically teaches us not to really be as caring, be more caring about yourself than to be caring about others. But this woman cared about others and had a loving compassion for her daughter. And sometimes we need to have that loving compassion for our friends and that burden for, for our lost loved ones that don't know Jesus Christ, those marriages that are breaking, our friends who are backsliding. We just need to have prayer for all of those things. And we need to have a compassion for it and a serious prayer about it. Because... As we look in verse 23, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. She didn't stop. She kept bringing that burden right and left and right and left. And eventually the disciples, they wanted something done about this. They they heard it too much. They're like, Jesus, you haven't answered yet but can you send her away? Because she just keeps sending her prayer. She keeps sending her plea to to us. And I think as I was looking at this again, and it really stands out to me, she came to him, but it also took the prayers of others to grab Jesus' attention. Uh, The one thing about a church family is that we have prayer requests and we have many prayers that we're praying for lost people. We're praying for broken marriages. We're praying for those things to be restored in the church. There's many people that we can count out right now that have a lost loved one that the church has been praying for. And sometimes it takes plea uh, in numbers and prayer in numbers because we're a church family. We are supposed to be working together for the, for the fight and the battle for Christ. And that means we should be bearing our burdens together also. And as she... And so the disciples came to Jesus Christ next. That's what they did. And sometimes... As you see, Christ doesn't answer the prayer that we've been praying directly, like quickly. He doesn't, God works on his time. He doesn't work on the quickest answer always. And and so we just got to keep praying for those people that, that we know. And, we, and those prayer requests that we keep hearing from, from our church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to keep praying for them also. And... Jesus' response to, to them would be, But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
And Jesus had a purpose, and that was to go and be the Savior of this world. But he was sent for the house of Israel. But they chose to reject him. And that was able to give salvation to the Jew and the Greek. And uh, he wasn't... And right here, Jesus is basically saying that... uh, he, He was basically saying that I'm not really sent for this, for Gentiles as much, but I'm sent more for the lost sheep and the direct, the house of Israel. And... The ministry of Jesus Christ was focused on the Israelites. His ministry was in Israel. We don't see that Jesus Christ went to Rome. It doesn't mention that because he stayed in Israel during his time. And and his ministry was in Israel. And that was the center of it. But Jesus Christ didn't say that his purpose was not to have people not to be a witness to the rest of the world. Jesus Christ told his disciples to go preach to the uttermost part of the, the world. And that applies to us too today, that he has sent us to be uh, spreaders of the, his news, his gospel, and what he's done for us during his ministry. We have been told to go spread that out. And Jesus didn't leave the Gentiles out of it, even though he was sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He didn't leave the Gentiles out of it. He still found, we still found grace in his sight. The Gentiles still found Grace in his sight. Since I'm one of them, I am a Gentile, so I'm fine with using we on that right there. And so we found compassion. We found mercy. We found grace. We found his love in his sight. And he still died for us on the cross. And Matthew uh, 15, 25. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. And this is the part that stood out to me. I even like wrote this down in my notes. And then I was going through a commentary again, just looking at it. And then that part right there stood out to me when I was reading it. And because the commentary kind of just brought it out into bigger detail. And I kind of realized she didn't say, help my daughter or anything like that. But she said, help me. Yeah. And, but the but the first thing, before I get a little bit ahead of myself on that verse, she came, then she came, it says came she. So she got even closer. Or she got, I wouldn't, maybe closer is not the best word to use. But she went again. And she went again. And, and then she worshipped him. While, while she was sending her request, it's still important for us to worship God, even in our prayer, even in our plea. She was still worshiping Jesus Christ. She, then she worshiped him, and we got to sometimes just be like that too. Even when we're going through, or those burdens about other people are really bugging us and getting to us at times, sometimes we need to just worship God and praise God for what he's done for us, because God's provided many great things and done many great things in our life. And... And she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And this was kind of a lot for me to take in after I kind of realized, because I, I feel like it's very deep. Those three simple words in this context would be a very deep kind of term. And it's kind of, I don't, for me, it was kind of hard to, like, 
teach myself that so I can explain it well. Uh, so I'll probably, yeah. But, but sometimes as I was looking for how to apply this, and sometimes I think, I think one or the two things that I was, as I was thinking about how could I apply and praying through kind of thinking and everything, one of the, the two, I kind of like noticed like two things that kind of like came to my mind of thinking. But number one would be that she was very burdened by it. She wanted help with her burden. And that's just what she was saying by help me. And number two, I think, I think that one, sometimes that does apply to us. But number two, I think if we look at it in a little is a little bit different. Sometimes, you know, for us as as being witnesses to like people that are lost, sometimes, you know, we ask, we say these same three words. We say, Lord, help me. You know, when we're going through something that we're not comfortable with or whatever it is, maybe we're starting out the day at work and we say these three words, Lord, help me. And sometimes as I was thinking about this and I kind of like realized as I was reading through the commentary, uh, what the commentary said, like, because uh, Charles Spurgeon was the person that, uh, like, like, kind of wrote a little bit. I was kind of reading what he wrote. And he's, he said, like, sometimes, like, these three words, like, he would use that, right? He would ask that same thing right before he would preach. And he would be, Lord, help me. And I think no matter what we can do, sometimes those words are very important for any aspect of what we're about to do. And even, even more, sometimes it's, sometimes when we're dealing with a lost soul or we're dealing with a friend that's struggling and a, someone that's not in a backslidden condition and someone who's not really seeking God like they should be, and sometimes I think just finding those right words to say it's asking, Lord, help me. Because it's, I'll be honest, like, sure, it might be easy to, you know, to think about it afterwards, the right things to say, but you get put on the spot. And sometimes it makes it difficult to think the right words at the right time. And sometimes we just got to ask the Lord for help with that. Because God will help us in those situations, and he will give us those right words to say. And next verse would be Jesus' response to her worshiping and her request of, Lord, help me. And, he, and Jesus Christ, but, but he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Or no, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And right here, uh, it's kind of important to take a quick step back because Jesus wasn't trying to truly be insulting right here or anything like that. I don't believe that Jesus Christ was trying to be insulting with what he was saying right here. And, but basically what he is saying is, so those miracle blessings... Robot spoken feedback is ready. On page one of three. Landscape. Sorry about that. Page 164%, I, no, no. 68%. Uh, 
Debate one of it's 68%. It's 68%. What are you doing? Debate it's 68%. It's menu bar. Oh, wow. Banner. Applicant, 72%. Application. Menu bar. But he answered and said, it is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And right here, that, that, uh, the children's bread would mean basically that blessing or that kind of miracle. And, and because the children of Israel were the ones who got the miracles from God and the ones who got to see Jesus Christ walk on the earth and do all these great things and all these miracles that he did. And it is not neat to take the uh, children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And right here, Jesus Christ, in this saying that he used, uh, he would have been using dogs as uh, Gentiles. And he's saying that's not, you don't really, you know, cast that children's bread towards the, uh, towards the Gentiles or, Israel or those blessings. And I want to notice her response back to what, after Jesus Christ said that, this is what her response was. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And right here, you really see a lot more about this woman, other than the, other than the things that I've gathered so far that she's, she would have been a Gentile, would have been one, Number two, you would have seen that she had a cause and she had a burden that she kept wanting the brain to Jesus and she didn't stop letting Jesus Christ hear about that burden. And number three, about here, you really start to see the humble nature that was really in her. Because she says, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She, she admits to being a dog. And, and she, right there, when she said that she was just like a dog, that is truly humbling herself. And she had a humble state of mind, and she just wanted her prayer answered about someone else to be answered. And, and I, was, I was thinking about this verse, because just like today, basically those crumbs or those kind of things that would fall off the table, if you have a dog or anything like that, the dog will be right there trying to swoop it up and try to get it. And I don't know, what helped me process this a bit is uh, when I was a little bit younger or like just a few years ago, I would always have like toast every single day and... Uh, Usually, like, I'd have it on a paper plate so the dog could lick, lick, off the, after, lick off the plate after I got done eating the toast. And, like, all the toast crumbs would be right there. And the dog would be just patiently waiting just so he could lick the plate and get all those little breadcrumbs all over the place. And because the dog is just waiting for those crumbs that were going to fall from the master's table. And so she is just asking, can I just have a crumb? of your miracles and your blessings. She wanted just a crumb of it because she knew how much work just a little crumb could do. Because that's how powerful 
God really is. God can do so much with just a little bit. And and after she said this, Jesus' response to her in verse 28, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You know, Jesus Christ wasn't, didn't say all this to be mean, to be cruel, to seem that way. But he used it to, as a test. He was testing her faith. Because Jesus knew her faith. And he just wanted it to be plainly clear how strong her faith was. And, and there's not many people that Jesus Christ commends their faith. And in the gospel, there's not many people that Jesus Christ tells them, great is thy faith. It's a, it's very not commonly used. So we know that this woman had a great faith and she had a strong belief in Christ. And Christ granted her request and the daughter was made whole from that devil that was grievously vexing her that very hour. Because Christ answered after after that, Christ answered, after that conversation, Christ answered it quickly. Because it says that that from whole from that very hour. So it was a quick answer from Christ. And as I was looking back at this, and just thinking about this as general, is do we have people that really burden us? And do we have other people that we are making prayer for and other people in our heart that are just we are just having prayer for and just have a burden for because one of the things that we talk about how we want to see revival and how we want to see God move it takes Christians being willing to move it takes it takes it takes humbling ourselves it takes us getting burdens for other people and praying about it and even if the Lord allows to do, some, to do something and have that witnessing and have that time to just kind of just, you know, be a direction for them and just show them like the word of God and show them the different things. And if we want to see revival, it is going to take us having burdens for other people just like this woman did. If that's what we want to see, we're going to have to be just like that. We are going to have to, it's going to have to be a real burden on us. And because as, as it gets burdened, it is at the end of the day, the Lord's will, what he plans to do with it. And uh, I guess that's really all that I have.